Okay, welcome all to our Parsha's Pinchas class, 572. Our class today is dedicated by Gitl Maresa for Rafua Shlema to her father-in-law Yaakov Tzvi ben Esther and for her mother Shprinza Yitzel Bas Ruchamachaya. It's dedicated by Phyllis Seidenfeld, Lilo Nishmas, her children, who all four were nifter in a house fire 17 years ago. Ari, Noah, Adira, and Nasan, Natan, Lizeich, her Nishmas, her children. Phyllis will be giving, thank you. Phyllis will be giving a series of Shirman Emuna. She is an amazing person. Uh, there's an email here, and I put the whole blurb on what we call the other chat. We have well, we have two chats plus a side chat. There's an eween Shurim chat if you want to be included on it. Basically, you just get the recordings and the notes. There's a Q&A, which gets pretty busy sometimes. And then there's another chat, which I'm not on, called the other chat where people post everything else. So um, if you're interested in any of those, let me know. Okay, so today is continuing what we started last week. Seeking inspiration from outside our tradition. Oops, I know, missing a you. Okay, guess who didn't proofread it? Tanya, because she's in Melbourne in the middle of the night over something. Okay, so, um, okay. Seeking inspiration from outside our tradition. Uh, you can listen to last week's class when we spoke about the idea that key Torah truths have been have already been um, introduced into the world through the Jewish people. The Jewish people have had a influence all over the world. That's even according to Rambam, part of the reason for the exile going all over the world is in order to prepare the world for these great ideas that will become more and more familiar and interesting to the world. Uh, they will come out in different forms, obviously, and they will not necessarily be within the context of Torah structure. So you have, for example, a Jew, Marx, who Karl uh, Marx, who came up with the idea of socialism, is absolutely a basic Torah concept. We have Shemitah, we have the idea of tzedakah, we have the idea that everybody must have their basic needs met. There's no such thing as survival of the fittest, etc. Of course, it's not a total, totally socialistic society, which is also capitalistic, but there's no structure, so it gets distorted. Okay. Um, now we there, but there is absolutely the idea that we learned last week that part of the gullus and part of what we actually care most about and what makes us the most distressed and should make us distressed, the essence of the korban called the korban hapnimi, the inner korban, is that it's our ideas, but they're not coming from us. They're coming from very sophisticated, influential, charismatic leaders, as we listed last week. Uh, that many people who have contacted me said, I read those books, I read Deepak Chopra, and I read Eckhart Tolle, and I read The Secret, and I listened to Brene Brown, and I, I was so, it helped me so much. It's all true. I read those books myself, most of them, along the years. Back in the day, remember Zen and the Art of Motorcycle <laughs> Maintenance? Anybody remember that one? Yes. <laughs> anyway, so of course there's wisdom there, but we spoke about the idea that because it's not coming from us, and that's the problem, it's not coming out straight and it's not coming out with direction and uh, people don't quite know and don't feel compelled uh, to really um, you know work within the structure and therefore they have these great ideas but they sort of wing it and they sort of know these ideas in theory but it's hard to put them in practice because you don't know exactly when where and how so um, that we talked about before but now let's talk about the you know the concept of how we fix it what are the key ingredients to fixing that? 
All right. So the first thing we're going to deal with Parshas Pinchas is, you know, what makes a message inspirational? If there's content and then there's delivery, or you might say substance and style. All right. Um, the, the, what's more important? Well, if there's very little substance, you better have good style. Okay. And if there's a lot of substance, the style doesn't matter too much. And the most, according to Aristotle, he wrote a book called Rhetoric, which my uncle is a speech teacher and Turo actually told me to read many years ago. You know what Aristotle says? The most important part of an influential, inspirational speech, meaning you want people to do something, you want to change the way they think, you want to influence them, you want to inspire them, you want them to reach for more. The most important part of an influential speech is neither style nor substance, but that would be style. That would be style. So that would be style or, you know what the most important part of influential speech is? The credibility of the speaker. Do you really believe that this person lives it? Now we definitely have people among us, tons of people among us who are living the life of holiness and righteousness. We are going to distinguish today between a tzaddik and a chassid. We have people who are living beautiful lives, but maybe that's there. But what about style? What about substance? And we're losing, the, we certainly are losing out to style. There's no question about that. Although there might not be as much substance and perhaps not even as much credibility. Okay. So what makes a message inspirational? Number one, the credibility of the speaker. What makes a speaker credible? They're living the life. Well, when it comes to inspiring other people, what does it mean to be credible? Well, that speaker, that, that influential leader, that spiritual leader has to somehow, you know, be authentic and live the life. What is, what is the essence of the, live, of the life lived? An examined life, they call it in philosophy. An examined life. A life lived with inspiration. So look what Moshe says. Moshe, the Parsha's Pinchas, there's tons of different subjects we've done with many of them in the past. Go look them up, even though I told Torah anytime to purge everything that's older than five years old. Sorry. But anyway, go. <laughs> but um, there, so we've done a few things, and this and that, but let's focus on a couple of words, a, a request Moshe makes to Kodesh Baruch Hu. Now, this is the Parsha Pinchas, where there's a transition. This is the shift from Moshe's leadership, the beginning of the shift to the next leader. Okay. So Moshe says, Okay. Yifkod Hashem. Let Hashem choose. Pakod. What's that? The root word of? Pikadon. Also. What else? Pekothalid. Pakad. Well, it doesn't mean remember. Huh? You know it. Pei Kuftalid, put a tough in front of it. Tafkid. Hashem, uh, Hashem should appoint, designate, right? Now, how does Moshe refer, refer to Hashem? This is the new name that we haven't heard before about Hashem. Hashem. This is Hashem's description. Elokei haruchot lechol basar. This is a new way of describing Hashem. Normally, it's Elokei kol basar. The God of all living beings. Now it's Elokei, Elokei Haruchot, the God of the Ruach, the Spirit of all living beings. Hashem should appoint Ish Al Haeda, a person upon the congregation. 
Asher Yetze Lifnehem, Vasher Yavo Lifnehem will go out in front of them, will return in front of them. In other words, lead them. Vasher Yotziem, Vasher Yaviem, bring them out, bring them in. Velotia Adas Hashem Katzon Asher Ein Lehem Roa. And no, our the Hashem's congregation should not be like a flock that has no shepherd. So Moshe is looking for a shepherd who's going to go before them on the way out, come back before them. In other words, lead them in all ways, okay? Lead them someone who they can follow in all matters, whether it's retreating or it's approaching, whether it's, you know, in, uh, affirming something or going out there to assert something or to do, uh, execute something or coming back to retreat or to regroup or to take things personally, meaning out into the influence, to influence beyond oneself and to come back and to also ensure that one's own private space is in order. Okay. We took this Ava and Yira, Ava is the giving, Yira is the, the, you know, looking at one's own self. Rashi, okay. What does it mean, Elokei Ruchos? This is Moshe's qualifications for what makes someone a good leader. Here's the credibility of the speaker, okay? Elokei Ruchos. Laman Emar, what does it say? This, Amar Lefano, Rabbono Shel Olam. Galoi via du, Galoi Lefanecha. It is revealed to you, an open book. Okay, dato shokol echad echad, the particular mindset, the structure of each person's mind, the unique custom psyche of each person. You, it's to you, it's revealed that you and you know the enan domin they're not one of them is like the other, they're all unique. Okay, mene alehem manhig, please appoint upon them a leader. Shehe sovel, who will have patience. Okay. Patience. Why is he ruling himself out? Because of the because of hitting the ground. Now we're gonna get back to that. Remember what we learned? She, he's the yes. opposite. He's extreme opposite. He right. is sovel, everybody. Yeah. She sovel kol echad ve echad dato. Listen to what this is saying. The biggest challenge of all: parenting, teaching, community, work, friends. The biggest challenge of all that will be able to tolerate, absorb without getting frustrated, without getting angry, without just ignoring the person. Each and every person according to their unique psyche. Okay, here's a person that's willing to try to understand every person, actually ask questions, doesn't think they know the person, just like because they, they're magic. They actually have to care what the person's saying and be very emotionally intelligent and learn the skills of body language and understand, try in, in to, for every single person that comes to them to try to understand how did this person think? Why, why are they asking this question? Where are they coming from? What is going on? What's the family story? What's the bigger framework? This is what is going to make someone who gives advice and who leads someone or leads the nation in all matters going to be trusted. So when you have someone who really seems to get what people need. Now, of course, when you write a book that sells 150 million copies, you don't know every single person reading it, but you're saying something, right? That everybody's, a lot of people are responding to that people seem to want to hear. So first of all, you have to know what collectively in general people need to hear. And then of course, individually, what it is that makes each person tick if as much as you can. And nobody can fully know another person. There is no way, okay? Uh, we barely know ourselves, probably not even. So, um, and we know from Shmuel Hanavi, anybody know the example I'm thinking about that even Hanavi doesn't Hanavi. fully read another person's inner psyche and what a person is. Hashem sent Shlom Hashmuel Hanavi to pick a, a, a next king from the sons of Yishai. 
and he sees the first one and he's so impressive in every way and he says ah this must be it Hashem says nope you only see the outside I see the inside so first of all only a Navi fully I mean sorry not even a Navi forget about Rosh Hashivas or Rebbe's or anybody okay not even a Navi okay can fully know fully know the full the full picture of who you are what's really going on what your real motivations are if you're L'shem Shemayim what's really going on now that doesn't mean that there are not people that are extremely adept at feeling and have emotional intelligence and have a sense and read body language and are smart and have studied about psychology. You know, of course, there are people that are much better at it than others. Moshe knew Korach. Yeah, he knew Moshe, Moshe. So, so, um, so we're looking for somebody who understands what everybody needs in general. In each generation, that message is tweaked and also has the ability to really listen to other people and try to understand. Okay, now what we're gonna do, as we're before, we're gonna get back to this. We're gonna go into a little digression into what do you have to do? What are the qualities that make you most likely, okay, to be able to play this role and have inspiration? So we're gonna go into the Masil Sturm. Again, almost all the ideas, not all, but almost all the ideas come from the Sefer we picked up last week, Sif Chaim of Chaim Friedlander, Principal Talmud of Elio Dessler. Okay. So let's discuss the difference between a tzaddik and a chassid. And which one do you think offhand is going to be most likely to be influential? The tzaddik or the chassid? Well, it depends how you define them. What's your guess? Okay, let's see. So let's see. Let's Okay, let's let's look into it. So first of all, let's understand what Masil Sasharm is. Everybody heard of Masil Sasharm? So when a little tiny digression here, when we had the incredible privilege, like insane privilege of going to Padua uh, with Ramosha Shapiro, which is where the Ramchal lived. And he Ramosha Shapiro was a big, big, big Ramchal man. And he told us a little bit of the history. The Ramchal, as you well know, very young, right after Shabzai Tzvi, so all the alarm bells were ringing because you had a person in Padua, now you have to understand, Padua in Italy had this, it's still there by the way, a huge medical school. So there was a there was a cohort of medical students, okay, religious, Jewish, learned, learning with this 20 year old, young, single, clean shaven man called the Ramchal, okay? And they were learning crazy, crazy Kabbalah. I mean, when I say crazy, I mean like way beyond. And the Ramchal would go into trances and he'd wake up and he'd say, Avramavinu, Ilyanovi, whatever came to me, and this is what he taught me. And the word got out, whatever somebody sent the letter was intercepted but one the head makubal of the time looked at everything that the ramchal was saying and says it's all true it's all good so he's saying right everything he says is legit now this scared them as you can imagine as we said right after shabzai tzvi actually I, on that trip we we ended up me and Heshi took another trip afterwards and we actually went to izmir to where the shabzai tzvi's house was in turkey um it was a very very interesting trip but anyway so uh, so they banned the Ramchal and they banned him. They made him bury all his writings and it's a fascinating story. And years ago, I gave a whole class on the Ramchal. I wonder where it is. It might be on tour anytime. Just the history of the Ramchal. Anyway, because they banned him. So he ran from place to place, place and every place he went, they him. They made him stop writing and they made him bury his stuff and they couldn't teach Kabbalah and this and that. So he ended up in Amsterdam, okay? Mm -hmm. He had no choice, all right? He couldn't write open Kabbalah. So he wrote the Masilis Yisharim. <laughs> 
Now, this Mesirashram is officially under the, you go on safari, it's under Musarsfarim. Okay. Actually, what the Mesirashram is, it's how you get Ruach HaKodesh. Step by step by step until you get Ruach HaKodesh. The Ramchal is telling you how to do what he did. Okay. But it passed through because it's not open Kabbalah. It's more like Midos developments, Rizos, Sahiras, and all of that. All right. And what the Ramchal did is, and interestingly enough, had the Ramchal written all his you know, Kabbalah Farm, there would have been a small amount of people that would have learned it, obviously. But the Mesil Sharm, every single person on earth learns it. Now, how was the Ramchal kashered, by the way? Who kashered him? Who made it okay to learn his farm? So the Vilna Gon, okay, um, was uh, the Vilna Gon's uh, got his safer when he was a young man. And legend is that the Vilna Gon said, first of all, there's not a single extra word in the safer. And second of all, I would put on my Shabbos clothes, he said, and walk across Europe, okay, to, a, to, um, to, uh, to get the safer. So once it was kosher and then the grow was a huge mercobal, as you know. Anyway, so what he did in Mesil Sharm is he took a piece in the Gemara, Bodhisattva 20B, which is famous, or Pinchas Ben Yair. I don't know if you know, that's the one with the donkey wood that wouldn't eat because it was, uh, he did the, the Shumas and Maestros weren't taken, remember? Do you know that story? Okay. Anyway, he wrote Pinchas Ben Yair is quoted uh, in Gemara as describing a series of ethical steps by which one could achieve the apex of saintliness, which is called Ruach HaKodesh. Ramchal is base, bases the whole Sefer on this statement, and he expounds, behold, this is for the Ramchal here. After we have known this general principle and clarified its veracity, we must investigate its details according to its stages from beginning to end, the Pinchas Benyar arranged in his teaching. We brought the introduction. These are the steps, right? You know them. Zrizas, Sehiras, Nikias, right? Precious, right? Tara, um, Chasidus, Anava, Yerashet, and then Ruach HaKodesh. Okay, Kedusha, Ruach HaKodesh. All righty, so this is from the Mesil Sashar. Now, when we're going to start talking about Sadik versus Chasid, Chasid is in a piety, okay? It's two before Ruach HaKodesh. All right, after that is uh, humility and fear of sin. But what we're going to do is we're just going to, in a, you know, in a, in a little bit of a, a synopsis, a little bit of a summary, we're going to talk about a tzaddik. He doesn't have a separate section called tzaddik. It's built into it. And he, um, he, want, and we, he does compare tzaddik and chassid. So let's first of all take the word tzaddik. What does tzaddik mean? Tzedek. Look at the Pasuk and Devarim. We've learned this many times. Even shleim of a tzedek, yelach. Eifa shleim of a tzedek, yelach. What does that mean? Weights and measures, what you weigh and what you measure, okay? They have to be tzedek. So what does tzedek mean? Right? You have a scale, you wanna weigh something. So the person says, I want a pound of potatoes. You put a potatoes on one side and you put a rock or even a stone, a weight that is exactly, precisely one pound, not 1.000 gram less. And then you make sure it's balanced. So now you have what's called an even tzedek. Tzedek means what? Precise, exact. That's what it means. Precise and exact. Okay, just. It is just. That's why when we say tzedek, 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 we say justice, justice. Tzedek doesn't mean like we always think tzedakah, going, we associate tzedakah with going way beyond the call of duty. Tzedek means the call of duty. By the way, tzedakah is just. We said, so we are a little socialist. Let's be honest. Tzedakah, giving free things to people is just it's it's you it's the way it's an absolute necessity it's not kindness it's required it's justice so tzedek means just 
All right. As we said, taking care of the ones that don't have is just. Now, um, so that is what tzaddik means. Rashi and Rosh Hashanah 17b, if you get the link in your, if you have the notes, tzaddik is mishpat emes. It's exact, true law. Do exactly what you're supposed to do precisely. Keep it, you know, exactly as it's meant to be kept. All right. Chassid, that's way more. So what he's going to say here is that a tzaddik is a person, and of course, this is a great madrega who does what he's supposed to do because he's responsible for making sure that that tzaddik or tzaddika is 100% okay. They've checked all the boxes. They are, they know what their obligations are. They take them seriously and they don't shirk them and they do them, okay? The emphasis is to do things right because that's the rules and that's good. Okay, that's the emphasis to do things right because I need to, I'm, it's my job to do things right. Whether it's because I want to make sure I don't get myself in trouble spiritually or because that's what God said, but the emphasis is to make sure I check all the boxes. It's, and a very strong focus on my responsibility to, to do that, to put all my efforts in to do that. Now, look what he says about chassid. Okay, and that's a great madriga. Believe me, if everybody's checking all the boxes, you know what that means? That means they're, they're, they're the kind of person you, everybody wants to be around. They're 100% honest. They are, they follow all the halacha, which means they don't say anything hurtful. They don't lie. They don't cheat. They don't steal. They invite guests. They are, they treat everyone with dignity. Like it's pretty good. It's, it's amazing. It's a very high madriga, but there's something higher. Okay. So this is what he says. Here it is. A chassid is not, it goes beyond making sure all the boxes are checked, which makes you a pretty, very good person. The, the, the mindset of a chassid, the ideal of a chassid, the goal of a chassid is that everything I do and the person I'm becoming through doing the mitzvahs, is a kind of a person that can have influence and increase Kavod Shemayim. In other words, it's almost like a means to an end. I am doing all the mitzvahs so that I, I can operate correctly as a person who is channeling great truths and I can create a Kavod Shemayim. Now we have to define the word Kavod just to make sure we know what Kavod means. What is Kavod Shemayim? This is like ABCs of our of our learning, what does kavod mean? Wait, what do we say? Kavod, careful, be very careful with the language. Hakol bara lechvodo. Everything is created. What's lechvodo? What is the kavod? Awareness, good. You have to use the word awareness. Kavod is the awareness by the creations, obviously man's at the head of creation, so through man, the awareness by all creations, guided by man, okay, that everything is created, everything has a role to play, everything speaks of God, everything reveals an aspect of God's mind of Hashem's will, everything has a message. Everything can teach us about the beauty, the perfection, the complexity, and the purpose of the universe, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's creation. Man has to reveal that in everything. Man has to see that in everything. Man has to discover that in everything. Science, a, a scientist who's also has Yerushimayim, 
does this. Also, this is their this is this is their contribution, and also, of course, a Torah scholar. You look at every single every single aspect of creation, and you find something in it that speaks. This world is called a sefer. Avram read the book; he discovered everything. It tells a story. Sipur. Okay, the Torah is called a sefer. So, um, so this is a person who is operating as correctly as possible al Torah, so that they are in perfect condition. They are conditioned to be an excellent channel so they can bring the awareness, that's called hashba, awareness, into the world that every single thing has a role to play, okay? Let's keep going. The intent will come only, person. this desire of a person to play that role will come after the love of him has intensified within him, okay? Which, which cannot intensify if a person is not doing mitzvahs and not doing it, not doing them with, you know, with joy. Um, after he longs and lusts for the raising of his honor and his pain by any diminishing of it. Now we're getting into Tsar because the three weeks and Tsar and Tsar of the Golis Ashkina and Tsar for Yerushalayim and the Chorban Nesu Tsar we're talking about. There's pain, okay, by the diminishing of it, the diminishing of the Kavit Shemayim in the world. But then he will perform the divine service for this purpose, so at least through himself, God's honor will increase. So Chassid is a person that sees themselves really as God's agent, partnering with God, channeling God, everything we always talk about. That mentality that the reason a person has got to make out of themselves the best, most functionally spiritual person, religious person they can is so that they could be this, that through them truths uh, and the kind of thing that heals, the ideas that heal come into the world. And because this person is able not only to see, as we're seeing here, the tachlis in every, every single one of God's creations, we said, Elokei Haruchos, Moshe was asking for a person who can also see in every human being the unique role they can play in, based on who they are, what they are, that they have a role to play. Now, I will never say that a person has a specific tafkid. You know, one of my most, uh, you know, pet, you know, what classes do stop looking for your tafkid. There is no specific role anyone is meant to specifically play. We play the roles that are handed to us as they unfold, okay? Setting our sights in a particular tafkid is dangerous, toxic actually, because who says that's the role you're supposed to play? And how can you possibly control all the variables that will allow you to play the role? And how disappointed or hopeless will you become if someone else plays that role instead of you or you don't get to play the role? We don't, it, it, there is no way we can know what role we're supposed to play. Only that we play whatever we can with the situation we're given and that's it, we do the best, okay? Um, um, uh, but nevertheless, a person that knows that each person has a role to play, okay, sees in every person, in the situation they're in, with all their shortcomings and all the weaknesses, that in that state, they still can do something. And if you see that, if a person sees that in another person and speaks of that, obviously that person is going to, to you know, reach a lot of people and is going to inspire a lot of people. But that person, of course, has to truly live it to be credible and actually have the tolerance for every single person because every single person has something, okay? That doesn't mean we, we don't have a mitzvah to eradicate evil, especially people that are a danger to other people. We do. That's also true. But at the same time, this doesn't negate this. Now it says this person will lust that all other or desire human beings will likewise do the same ones, everyone to increase the Kavach And we're talking about the Chorban now and Tsar. He will be pained and grieved when people diminish the covet, when they don't operate in this world with a understanding that everything 
is an opportunity to become aware of a Kodesh Baruch most, most people operate in the world, just they just wing it, they go by instinct, they go by gut reaction, they go by what seems like, you know, makes sense to them, and they make tons of mistakes, and, and, uh, and the relief, the, the strategy to unburden oneself is to go back and say, okay, here's halacha, let's start with that. I don't have to negotiate everything, justify everything, invent everything, there's a rule that I can work within, and they tell me what's right and wrong, and what's priorities, and I work within them, and then I know at least that I'm conditioning myself correctly. You know, it's like you're going to be an athlete, and you go, you get a coach who's going to tell you how to exercise, what to eat, where, how much to sleep, the whole thing, right? You go into a program. Um, so this person is pained that people are not doing that, okay? And they're pained uh, even if they themselves unwillingly, accidentally, unwittingly diminish the Kavit Shemayim due to natural weakness, um, uh, which makes it sometimes hard for a person to guard, to guard themselves, okay? Now, he brings... So number one, we've just learned what a chassid is, okay? So going back to inspirational messages, credibility, Moshe's request, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you got to know that the, the leader is going to see in everybody something that's positive about them, that they can play a role, going to make that clear. People are going to feel that. You're going to respond to that. And now he goes into Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is the paradigm of this, the first, and the, the eternal paradigm. Yes. Is chesed related? Yes, because chesed is an overflow. Of course, we always learned that chesed is an overflow. Exactly, precisely. One is Yira, one is Ava, all those things. Exactly, good call. Now he brings a Tana de Be'elia, which we are going to go into a little bit more deeply. Then Misil Shum brings this Medrash, okay? It's in uh, chapter four of Tana de Be'elia Rabbah. He says, Kol, okay, this, we're going to get back to that, all right? Let's, because uh, he just quotes the end, and we're going to go a little earlier in the Medrash. Okay, we're going to go back to looking at Moshe Rabbeinu. Remember about our hitting the rock and speaking to the rock? If you didn't hear that one, go back to Chukas. <laughs> Very important. All right. How did Moshe merit radiance of his face? from the R, like that spiritual R in this world. Remember Hashem was hiding that special R, that enlightenment for the next world? It's called the R Haganas, but Moshe seemed to radiate it on his face, okay? This is the light that HaKadosh Baruch was saving for the future, okay? The answer is, because he did the essential, the greatest Ratzon of Hashem, the fundamental Ratzon, so he wanted Kavod Shemaim in the world. Now, here's the thing. Moshe understood. Moshe was taught that it would be through Amishol, ultimately, that there will be a Kavod Shemaim in the world. And therefore, that requires Amishol to be Besholem with Hashem. It requires Amishol to be in good graces or connected or getting the hashba from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because it's only through Amishol that there'll be any awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world, any real awareness. In fact, through the great Geula of Amishol, you know, Bezra, Amenu, I should say, the world will experience something like the Zedimitzrayim, Purim, something through Amishol, through a great victory, through a great salvation of Amishol, the world will, will, their eyes will open up and they will finally, ultimately see that everything the Torah said, you know, that we've been saying is true, 
and they'll see it, they'll accept it, they'll drop all their other ideologies, but it will come through Am Yisrael and through some great story that goes through Am Yisrael. By the way, in Shimon Esrei, when you say in the first bracha, Umevi goel libnei b'neihem, look at the next words, Laman shemo ba'ahava. Hashem will bring a great geula to the grandchildren of the Avos, that's us. Wait, why? Laman shemo for his namesake? Or Ba'ava, or love of Nasol. Is he doing it to like act through us so that everyone will recognize him? Which is what it says. It only comes, right? Or is it out of love for Amisol and everything we went through? Which is it? So, Basilevi says the greatest chesed that a Baruch Hu ever did, the greatest thing for Amisol, more than all the Nisim, is that a Baruch Hu attached, this is the bris, his covered, so to speak, to us, that only through Am Yisrael will there be a worldwide covered Shemayim. Only through our story will it, the world recognize everything. And um, So out of love for Am Yisrael, for what we've been through and our commitments, okay, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will attach his name to us so that for his own sake, so that the world can finally recognize what we're all here for, HaKadosh Baruch Hu committed that will <clears throat> only come through Am Yisrael. So since Moshe Rabbeinu, had as his ultimate goal, kavod Hashem in the world, that the entire world should be discover and be aware and live in sync with reality. Therefore, Moshe was constantly trying to keep Amishol and Hashem connected. Okay. All the times in the desert that the Menesol didn't behave, right? And you know the famous time. Where Hashem said to Moshe, "Shemos lamed beis, that's by the eagle." Ba'ata hanichali, leave me alone. Ba'yichar api behem, and my anger will rage. Ba'yichar api always means Hashem is it's a vodazara, and ba'yichar af, the flaring of the nostrils and the exhale, like that. That's always a symbol. Obviously, Hashem doesn't have a nose, doesn't have a nose and doesn't exhale. It's a symbol for the neshama that was blown in through the nose is being like expelled, like they don't have a connection anymore. Okay. I will destroy them. And I'm going to make you a great nation. Hashem has given him an opportunity to respond. He said, if you leave me alone, I'm going to wipe them all out. It gave Moshe the opportunity to say something. So Moshe said, no, 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 let me talk. Don't wipe them out. Um, he says, uh, and, Moshe, and what did Moshe say to Hashem? I know you're angry, but you took this nation out of Mitzrayim. And why should the Egyptians say, oh, look, God has no power to bring him into Israel. Okay, so Moshe appeals to what? What do he say? Why should the Egyptians say? What's Moshe doing? There won't be a covet Shemaim in the world. If you destroy Amishol, there won't be a covet Shemaim in the world. Moshe is continuously focused and care in, and, 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 uh, and, um, and totally committed to making sure that people in this world maintain a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu so that they can operate in this way. Now look what it says. The reward of Moshe HaTzadik. He stood in Davin in Ba'arba Bachamisha Makomos, 45 different places. Okay. Arba Bachamisha. Ba'arba Bachamisha? No, what does that mean? Arba v'chamisha in four and five places. I have to look that up. V'heitel es. I don't know if that's a typo. I have to look that up. V'heitel es Yisrael min hamisa, and he saved the Jews from dying. Hella alav akasav. Now here we're getting deep. We're going to go back to something we did in Korach that we didn't really flesh out. 
okay? So because he did this, and he saved Amishol from obliteration, from destruction, okay? Hello, Allah HaKasav, the cuss of the text um, applies to Moshe, considers it that Moshe, Kiluhu Bara Osam, like Moshe created Amishol. He literally gave them life. He was like their mother. He the gave nursing, the, he, the, nursing the nursing mother because he prayed for them, because he can maintain that attachment. He is considered Hela Akasav Ke'ilu Bara Osam. Shenemar, as it says. Now we're going to read this pasta carefully. Pasuk in Yeshayahu 6311, it's right beneath. The two words, Moshe Amo, remember all the days of the world. Moshe's nation. Moshe gave birth to them. This is Moshe's nation. Not necessarily gave birth, but he is the one who created them. Now look what he says. This is in the, in the Medrash. Every single Chacham in Israel. That has for himself a chiddush, a devar Torah, an insight, has studied Torah, has something to say, okay? And cares, devotes themselves to the covet of HaKadosh Baruch okay? And by extension, the covet of Yisrael, call Yamav all his life. And cares and looks forward to and desires the return of the Kavo, that Yerushalayim should be the center of inspiration in the world. Okay? And he cares about the Beis Migdash and the Yeshua. And look what it says. And Kinescolios, if a person really cares, if a person operates as a chassid, this is all coming in the Mrs. Sharm section of chassid, cares about the Kovach Maimon world, cares that it's not there, cares that people are living without an awareness that this world is for a greater purpose. And they're just, as we said, in survivor mode or whatever it is. And they care and it bothers them and it hurts them. And they want to make themselves into the kind of person that can do something about it. And therefore they try to really make it their business to understand and to set a good example and to provide good, 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 you know, uh, channel something good into the world. What happens? Miyad, Shore, Ruach HaKodesh, Bekirbo. Immediately the Ruach HaKodesh starts appearing, starts best being bestowed upon that person. So Chassid goes to Ruach HaKodesh. You see that? A Chassid ends up with Ruach HaKodesh. Shenemar, es Aye Hashem Bekirbo. The Pasuk in Yeshayahu says, where is Hashem in, within them? Where is Ruach Kadsho? The Ruach Kadsho is a Kadosh Baruch Hu person. So what we're saying here, look at Yeshayahu. What we're saying is, okay? What we're saying is, <coughs> do I have a question here? I supposed to have a question, question answer. Yeah. Um, that when a person, the requirements for a person to have a mind that is open, that is able to think of insights and ways of conveying those insights that will reach people. It's called Ruach HaKodesh. They have insights into Torah. They care. They get inspiration. In order for a person to, to be able to receive that, they have to actually care of the state of humanity. And they have to actually care about the environment and about the world in large and individuals. And they have to care about the Ruach of every person. And they have to see each person as having a role to play. And they can't be dismissive or impatient with people. And they have to actually try and try and try again to see the world through other people's eyes and help people who are making a mess out of their lives, okay? So now here's the question. 
when Hashem said to Moshe, leave me alone and I'm going to destroy them. He basically gave Moshe an opportunity to say, no, 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 that's the, I can't let you. It'll, it'll be a chil Hashem. That's why you need to keep Amishol around. Because in the end, Kovach is the most important thing. Here's the question. Didn't Hashem know that if he would destroy Amishol, it would be a, it would be a desecration in the eyes of the Goyim? Didn't Hashem know that the Goyim will say, oh, Hashem has no power? What are we learning from this? This is very, very profound. And it helps us with understanding why Moshe did what he did with the rock. Of course, Hashem knew it. But you see, the Kavod Shemayim is not for God. Hashem does, is not affected whether the creation he made does or does not, is or let's say is or is not aware of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We say it every day in Adon Olam. Melech before, Melech after. It doesn't affect HaKadosh Baruch Hu whether we do or don't appreciate what this world's all about. The entire thing is for us. So when Hashem says, leave me alone and I'll destroy them, Okay, you're right. For Hashem, it doesn't, he's telling Moshe, it doesn't affect me. What I, I'm giving you a pischon peh. I want from you, here's the rule. The desire for kavod shamayim in this world must come from people. It doesn't come from me. It must be your greatest desire. You must be the one, humanity, people. Amishol must be the one that desire and yearn for and aspire and find ways to help everybody else recognize what we're doing here, okay? Kodesh Baruch is not gonna just impose it on the world. Kodesh Baruch told Moshe, I'm, I'm giving you an opportunity. You know why? Because it must come from you. You must be the one who initiates a, 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 um, a, a, um, a strategy or rather a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, you know, um, call to for the world. Kavod must flow from man's desire from it. That's why man, we have to be Miss Abba. We have to, we have to mourn. We have to make ourselves into people that are inspirational. This whole thing comes from us. Now it makes sense. Hashem said to Moshe, I want you to, you know, we learned in Chukas, I want you to facilitate another Holocaust. Okay, you're going to make them drink. Remember, right? Yeah, selection. That's what Hashem said. Moshe, who has to care about Kavach Shemayim in the world, because it's only for people, it's not for Hashem, he's the one that has to say, I can't do it. And that's what Moshe says, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it because I'm the one who's responsible for Kavach Shemayim. So I have to make the choice, okay, not to allow this to happen. And this must come from me. It can't come from you. And which is why, as we said in the Hoshanas, we say, in the zechus of Moshe, because he hit the rock, and that was a great zechus because he cared about Am Yisrael and he was not going to create a separation between Am Yisrael and the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Yeah. When Moshe prays for himself to go to Hashem, says no more. Stop. Okay, wait. We're getting into that right now. Listen now. Now this is what happens when Moshe is reviewing this. Okay, look at D. He uses interesting language. And we're gonna introduce this Pasuk and Devarim and the Gra that we again started in Korach, but we really didn't get into it like this. There's, uh, Rav Dessler has famous giving, you know, whole lots, he talks a lot about giving and taking, right? You know, gravity, gravity pulls everything towards itself. That is the nature of the physical world, heavy, the more mass anything has, the more there's a gravitational pull. 
The nature of the physical material world is to draw things towards us. But Am Yisrael, okay, we are associated with the moon. Now the moon definitely draw, is a, it has mass. It definitely has a gravitational force. And also the sun's rays, okay, obviously affect the moon. And then it, ref, but the, what's, what the moon is famous for, what we're associated with the moon is that it reflects light. There's giving, hashpa'a, giving be taking in order to give. And then there's just taking. Taking, pulling everything towards oneself. That is the nature of all chumriyas, all, all material stuff. But give, taking in order to give, this is the nature of Am Yisrael. This is the nature of the spiritual. Now look what Moshe says in Devar. He was asking Hashem, I want to go over and see the land. And he uses the word Evra, like in Lavor, to pass over. Okay. Now look what it says. It's a very similar word, isn't it? But Hashem was angry, but that's not really the word for anger. What the word in here, we're going to see the gross says, the Aleph Bez Resh is Ebor like a fetus, okay? What does it mean? Below Shomelai, he didn't listen to me. But Yomer Shomelai, Hashem said, Rav Lucha, you have enough. I know, Altosif Dabar Eli, Obadavar Hazet. No, enough is enough. What is going on here? What's the word here? So the Gros says, well, let's read the word. V'yisabar Hashem bi lamanchem, kamosha kasar vazal. Look what V'yisabar from Lashon Ibor, okay? Which is a gestating baby. Isha Achas Yolda Shisha Ribo Bikaras Acha. There's the there's a it says a one woman, it's obviously not literal, gave birth to 60, is that 16,000 or 600,000? 600,000 in one shot. Who Moshe? So we're obviously talking about Moshe's mother. She gave birth to 600,000 in one shot, which is not literal. We're talking about Moshe. Okay. Moshe is in the category for Amisol, Ibor is a little confusing because we think about it as the fetus, but really I would say for better muscle, let's use the concept of the original stem cells, let's say. Okay. Just like the sun lights up all the stars in the moon at night, right? So the sun is radiating, the moon takes and then radiates. Cain Nishmaso, the Nishama of Moshe. Moshe's flow, Moshe's influence, okay, it, it is really the flow, the origin flow to every one of the original Amisho, meaning it's all in us, meaning Moshe's flow, Moshe's hashpah, think umbilical cord, right? Moshe's hashpah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu flows into everyone in Amisho, which all trickles down to us. So everyone who ever, has a feeling of inspiration to upgrade their care of Torah mitzvahs so that they become the kind of person that could be an influence to keep Amishol connected to Hashem so that ultimately through Amishol will be great covet Shemaim in the world, okay? It's all coming from Moshe. Moshe is the Ebor. He's like that original source of all life, all right? And um, so, and and, uh, and therefore, when we talk about when we talk about um, the ultimate chassid, all right, the ultimate person who cared about kavod we go back to Moshe, then we realize that it's flowing through every single person. That's what the Thomas Velio says that Masil Shisham brings down. Every single person, kol chacham that has a bit of Moshe's Torah in them, 
has the ability to do this on some level. Everyone has their own insight, their own understanding. So what is Ruach HaKodesh? I'm going to just end up with this other thing quickly. What is Ruach HaKodesh? What's the question? What is Ruach HaKodesh? It's a person who, because of their desire to play that role and therefore their self-work and better improving themselves, spiritually, that they get to know and understand the pneumius, the ins, the, as much as they could of the inner essence of each creation and what its role is in its channeling Kavat Shemayim. This is Ruach HaKodesh. When a person has special insight into another person, what, there's emotional intelligence, there's body language, we talked about in the beginning, but then there's a special sensitivity, a special insight, a special like light that goes off that somebody gets a sense of what someone else needs. And it's because of their, it's because of their work in Torah and their work in caring about Kavat Shemayim that that's called Ruach HaKodesh. Okay. Now, just to, to to strengthen the point, the final point that there is no creation on earth, let alone people, not even a creation. Okay, that doesn't have some role. The famous one that teaches us this lesson is David Mel. He says, and I brought it down here, in Tehillim, Medrash Tehillim, he says, okay, I understand there's a purpose for everything, except I don't understand two things. Shtus, which is called the shot, I mean, someone who is not, can't use their mind. They can't do Bechira, they don't have Bechira. So what's their purpose? If the whole thing is Bechira and all that, what's the purpose of someone who's no Bechira? Like a, what we call a shot, someone who's not 100%, you know, I don't know what you want to call it today, being politically correct, but someone who's not sane, Okay, mentally, you know, not functioning. Um, and he said, in the spider. Now, you know this story, right? You know both stories? Okay, you can go Google the stories for, um, or look up the stories for yourself, for homework. The spider and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, the person who, was, uh, who was not, wasn't normal and was ranting and raving and screaming and how both of them saved David Mel. The point is this, David is Mashiach. This is the main David's, you know, this is not just a, a, you know, a nice, a nice like little story about David Melch. Mashiach, the person that is going, that Yeshayahu tells us, Baharicho Baruach, he's going to smell, he's going to sense the Ruach. We're getting down to this fundamental idea. If we want to have influence, we have to care that everybody should operate in a way that they know themselves and then they know everything else is much more as, as having a role of having something to channel that is beautiful and important in this world. Conveying that message to a person empowers them, makes them feel valuable, okay? It's a lot different than saying, you better keep all these rules, otherwise you get punished. It's very, very different. We say, you have to keep all these rules because that's the only way you'll become the person that can have that kind of influence. It's like you say to a kid, the reason I'm telling you to brush your teeth, eat healthy and go to sleep is not because I said so and you better do it. It's because these are the habits you need to develop so that you'll be at the top of your game when you're an adult. Right. Okay. So we want to have influence. It all starts with Moshe Rabbeinu. He cared about Kavit Shemai, which means he cared about Amisrol. We look at Amisrol, care about, know that everybody has value, have a message that's unique because we have something unique to say because we have our special Chelik and Torah, which comes from doing the work. It doesn't come by accident. It comes from doing the work. And then we have uh, the, and then this Rocha Kodesh gives us the opportunity to make a difference. And of course, then that's the credibility of the speaker. And add on, then you got your substance. Now, then you just have to add style, okay? We just have to add style. Are there definitely people today that are holy tzaddikim and chassidim? Absolutely, positively. Do we know it when we're around them? Do we feel it? Absolutely. Does everything they say enrich us? Yes, you know those kind of people. 
Do you know that they look at you with value when you're in their Daladamas? Yes. Do you always gain from interacting with them? Yes. Okay. Now, the next step is that, you know, to cultivate within our nation the ability to write, to speak in a sophisticated way, in an advanced way, so that we can produce material that inspires large groups of people, alienated people, Jews first, of course, and then beyond, those that are alienated, those that have not met people like that, have been turned off, have lost their faith, have many overwhelming problems that are drowning them, to speak to those people. Okay, that's our job. And, the, and to the, you know, and, and mourning, it's a three weeks. We all have, you know, it's hard to mourn. Let's be seriously honest. It's hard to mourn, especially in Eretz Yisrael. Your slime is gorgeous. Okay, we have the mosque, but it's gorgeous and it's thriving and there's Torah and there's everything. It's kind of hard to like really feel the Horban. So the real Horban we're talking about, of course, we want the base of English, I mean, that's obvious, but it's what's, it's, it's this, it's this, you know, do, do people live their best life spiritually or are just people kind of going through life trying to like outmaneuver all the issues, escaping their problems. You know, I, I, I saw a little blurb today that says self-care is not salt baths and, you know, massages. It's picking a lifestyle that you don't have to escape from, you know, that you don't need to run to other soothing mechanisms to help you with, right? So the fact that that is really an issue today, that is the Chorban, and that's where we can do our best and to the best we can to, uh, to be more careful with ourselves, with mitzvahs, the tzaddik first, then get more insight, be able to say more moving and more um, impactful things. And that comes all with under the umbrella of caring and truly valuing each person. Okay, everyone, let me unmute this. I'm going to, um, I'm going to, hold on, unmute this. And I'm gonna end this meeting here on the Zoom. We can turn this off, uh, Michelle. Or yeah, and then I'm, but I'm going to keep this meeting going. The recording will end, but I'll keep the meeting going. Okay, one second. Oops, all that. Take care. Okay, one second. Where's my recording? Hold on, all that. Hold on, guys. Where's my recording? Hey, how to oh, end? And hold it. I think I'm ending. Oops, I think I'm ending the meeting because I can't end the recording.